Welcome to the Black Heels and Tractor Wheels podcast, where we are sharing stories from a range of women from around New Zealand. For nearly a century, Rural Women New Zealand has been dedicated to strengthening and supporting women and children to become empowered members of their communities. We hope that by hearing these stories from inspiring women all around the country, you'll feel inspired yourself. We're your hosts, Emma Higgins and Claire Williamson, and would love for you to join and subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss our rural stories. Dana, the look, normally we start off with asking about your background and whether you've, you know, been rural for your whole life. Um, I think consider well, actually, no, I might be jumping the gun here, but considering um your operation is in I don't want to say quite literally the middle of nowhere, but it is a very isolated area. <laughs> um, I just gotta make the assumption that you have always been rural. So just tell us a little bit about you and your journey to how you got to the place that we're gonna start talking about soon. Sweet. So we grew up on a deer farm in the South Turnbull River, down the South Turnbull River. Um, so we lived there until we were 10 years old. So my father managed the farm there as well as truck driving and he was a commercial fisherman for some time doing the crayfish and then yeah in the year 2000 they built a place more um, out of the valley in town and yeah we just sort of we're still very rural. Can you tell us a little bit about where South Turnbull is for, the, for those that um, <laughs> might not be so familiar with that part of the world? So South Turnbull is in Haas down the bottom of the west coast um so you just head off half jackson bay road down about a probably a 20k gravel road and you'll find us on our wee deer farm beautiful country big country big sand flies that's my memories of of coming through that beautiful part of the world (laughs) yeah big sand flies so tell us then a little bit more about jackson's bay itself so jackson bay is as far south as you can drive on the west coast it is just a little tiny fishing community there's no permanent residence but there is one lady who comes and goes like she's she's been living there for, forever um yeah so the craypot was put there about 27 odd years ago it was towed over from Timaru behind a little tractor um, by man and yeah so uh, we are I want to say the fifth owners of of it and it's yeah. just it's nestled just on the terrace above the ocean and it's beautiful yeah I've seen the images I haven't yet been for a wee look-see but I can't wait the images were so stunning and we just saw the most amazing videos put together um, by our team or actually by you guys um, when you entered into our NZI Business Awards and we'll come to that in a moment Um, but I want to unpick before we get into the present day and and your amazing success how did you how did you buy a business like what what inspired you to buy it was it like you were driving by one day and you're like you saw it up for sale and you're like yep great was it something that you've been thinking about for a while or was it something else so I remember when it was first turned up in Jackson Bay but the owner before us Meg she owned it for 14 years and I worked alongside her for 13 of them and I always just knew that one day I wanted it and she was she was getting pretty over it um she was getting a bit older and she just she had sort of been threatening she was going to sell for a few years. And then I talked to my sister and who was away farming in Glenorchy. And I just said, look, she wanted to come home, but she sort of 
had not nothing to come home to like no sort of farmy jobs and that and I said look let's just buy it let's just wing it and we just wung it and it was sweet that's incredible obviously had experience working within the craypot itself so you'd had yeah 13 13 years of that experience but tell me a little bit about owning a business itself how did you find that leap from employee to business owner uh definitely had its challenges um we sailed through it not too bad um there's a lot of learning because yeah we'd never done anything like it before but it's it's been really cool it's been fun I am, yeah. yeah, I have no regrets at all. I, was, I got a bit and, steady when the pandemic hit and I was like, Jesus, you know, that we'd only had it for, I think, two years. Might have been our second season when COVID hit. So, yeah, I was a bit nervous, but it was fine. Yeah, yeah, that would have been nerve-wracking for anyone, I think, who was a business owner at that point in time, but particularly uh, given your reliance on the tourism trade as well, mm-hmm. I can imagine. Tell us how you got through that period of time. So we were really lucky. Um, we done a lot of social media work and we've done a wee bit with um, like various film crews. So there was Fish of the Day with Clark Gayford. That was cool. That got the word out. And there's another one that's been aired in Germany and he's actually just not long finished his second one with us. And um, that, that just really helped. Um, I know Germany's obviously it's overseas, but you get people like New Zealand, people that were in New Zealand from there, you know, when the pandemic hit and just Kiwis, the Kiwis were just traveling. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, we're really lucky. We got, um, yeah, yeah, we stayed, we were really busy throughout the whole pandemic. I'm so pleased for you. That's awesome. And tell me a little bit about working with your sister. By the way, she's not on this podcast, so you can feel free to dish the dirt if you need to. <laughs> no, it's really cool. So our first year trading, Nicole was still farming over in Glenorchy, and she was always intending to come home and we were going to work together for the second year and have a couple of, you know, a couple of other staff. But then I got pregnant in the first year. So that was a wee bit of a surprise. And um, a welcome surprise. So my baby was due on the same day we we usually open for the season. So she's basically thrown in the deep end. Um, Meg come on board, the previous owner, to help out for the first two weeks to sort of show her the ropes. But, um, yeah, she picked it up really well because I was in hospital. I couldn't do anything. (laughs) Of course, as as one does when they're having a baby and everything else. Shipped out a month early just because of how rural and isolated we are. So I had to go yeah. to the city. I had to go to Dunedin for a whole month while I was waiting. Um, so yeah, I was doing the orders and stuff, you know, the food orders and trying to do as much as I could from there. But as far as it comes to sort of like she'd she'd never made a coffee in her life. She's yeah, she's always done farming, but yeah, she's really nailed it. I remember she once cooked breakfast for us and it was like venison steak and baked beans and eggs and stuff you know it was off before a hunt or something or like a bush mission and she put the eggs on first and <laughs> I was really nervous to have her just thrown in there but she's nailed it she's that so is good. so cool yeah I'm gonna segue here I'm gonna come back to your business now and where you guys are at but I want to I want to just get a little bit of an understanding from you around your pregnancy and rural health and how you experienced that whole period of your life. Because like you said, you are probably one of the most isolated places in New Zealand when you think about it. And you were shipped out 
you know, a month early due to, you know, needing to be close to facilities before the birth. How did you go with care beforehand and afterwards with your pregnancy and, and baby? So I, I guess I kind of buried my head in the sand about at the start and I never got a midwife till I was about maybe four months along or, or maybe about three months. I sort of, I booked my own scan or the doctor lady in house booked my scan, my first one. And then um, she actually booked my second one and then she said, right, we really need to find you someone. So that was a bit hard. I was trying to go Wanaka because it's it's closer, but um, different DHBs. So I ended up with an amazing lady from Greymouth. And I never saw her since my 20-week scan. I would just see other doctors. I'd meet in French Joseph. I'd just see whoever was working on the day. And basically, I, I never had her with me at the birth. So I birthed in Dunedin because I had family there. And, um, yeah, I saw her, I think, at my two weeks, two weeks after baby checkup. So, yeah, a <laughs> bit of a gap. It was cool though. We just cruised. So for listeners who are listening to this, just for the record, so I've just done a quick Google. Haas and Greymouth are about four hours away by car, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. Friends Joseph is in the middle. So what's that? A couple of hours? Yeah. A couple of hours. Yeah. Wow. And when did you come back from Dunedin Hospital back to Haas? So he was due on the 10th. He came nine days late. And then I think I was out of hospital after a couple of complications. I think I was out on day five. And then the next day it was like home. But I think I'd done my first shift back. I think he was three weeks old. Um, I had to come in. It was only for two days and they were broken up. So it was like a, say a Wednesday and a Friday or something. So, yeah, I just turn up and I'd have my little booby pumps and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so what did you do with Lucas while you were, while you were working? Uh, so my mum had Lucas for me because his dad was working. He actually had to go back to work two days after we got home from hospital. So, yeah, and he was away driving for the whole week. So, yeah, it was wow. just me and little dot at home. It was cool, though. So what does daycare or support or childcare look like for you normally? Uh, daycare, just there's no daycare. I wish. Um, childcare... My mum's amazing. Um, if I like, you know, if I have to work or something comes up, she was like, "Yep, I'll take him." Okay, so tell me more about the business side of things. Who? So you spoke about Meg being, you know, the, the previous owner, and she jumped back in for a couple of weeks. Um, I imagine. Well, tell me, who has been like one of your champions or supporters, or who has really helped you get this? to the roaring success that it has been we've spoken about your sister she's obviously super incredible and is super talented herself to be able to pick up things and run with it but who has helped you I would say Nicole my sister um without her doing the the day-to-day running because there's no childcare or daycare here so I've been able to do more online you know online side of it and say apply for the awards we would have never had I wouldn't have even had a chance to even know what they were if you know, if I wasn't at home, if she wasn't down there doing it, we got a full solid team of girls. We 
didn't have to train anyone this year. It was amazing. They all come back from last season. So it was really cool. And they're fantastic. They're superstars. For listeners out there, the reason that we're chatting, or one of the reasons that we're chatting, is because you guys, the Craypot, won our Bountiful Table category for the NZI Rural Women New Zealand Business Awards. So that was just so amazing to have you guys travel all the way from your wee spot, your beautiful part of paradise, up to Wellington to help us celebrate Um at the end of last year. So tell us a little bit about, I guess, what might be coming for you guys over the next 12 months. There's, there's obviously a lot of things happening in the pipeline, um, but as the business itself, you know, what are you hoping for over the next 12 months? Keep going, keep doing what we're doing, really. Um, yeah, the social media, like the online stuff's been amazing. Uh, we've had heaps of tour groups this year, like the most we've ever had. We get a bus every week which you can have anywhere between 18 and like 39 people on it. So yeah, we have cycle tours. We've had, we get them weekly, like different, about three different types, maybe four. Um, some hike, some hikers from Hokitika. Uh, we do quite a lot with the helicopter line now, which is really cool. They come in every so often. Um, yeah. So just keep that up. Awesome. Yeah. Well, the, you guys are, there's a lot of things happening. You guys are juggling a lot of things. So um, it sounds as though you've got quite a winning, successful formula. So I can imagine, yeah, just trying to keep keep doing what you've been doing and keep doing yeah. it at such a high standard can really be the focus for the next 12 months. We are so looking forward to, to watching you grow in this and, and the more developments that come out of this part of the beautiful world that you guys live in. We were just so thrilled to see you at the awards. We were so thrilled that you could be our category winners. And um, yeah, we will look forward to, I guess, watching you on the space and hopefully interviewing you in a couple of years time and just seeing how you've taken over basically the bottom of the South Island. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) World domination or at least South Island domination. (laughs) Dana, thank you so much. You are a gem and um, yeah, we have really loved watching you guys go. So um, thank you for your time and we will be speaking again soon, hopefully. Right. So if you've enjoyed this chat, and the others that we've held with Fantastic Rural Woman, then please support us by joining the fold. Just head to our website, ruralwomennz.nz, or check out the show notes to sign up and be part of shaping future generations for women in rural New Zealand.